a one true hose is back. Yo, the one true hose is back, motherfucker. What's good? Yo, blue check mark Twitter's down and we don't give a fuck out. Yo, where's Ali? Hey, where's Gilly? Hey, we don't know what the fuck. Yo, it's just me and Josh. Yo, when we talking some shit. Yeah, we chillin' with Jake Morocco, we just chillin', yo Yo, yo, it's gonna be a good episode, so Buckle in, it's about to get dope About to get dope as shit, yeah Yeah, what's good, shawties? Yeah, this freestyle is sick, yeah, this intro's too dope Yeah, one true host is back, bitch Better not forget it Let's go, let's fucking go Whoop, motherfucker, yeah! Oh, oh, one true host is back. Hey, hey, one true host is back. Hey, 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 hey. Let it ride out. Yo, yo. Yeah, one take off the dome. What's good? Yo, what up? It's your boys. It's your one true host, and I'm back. And it's Steve, obviously. Oliver's not here. I don't know where the hell he is. He's taking a little time off tonight, so whatever. Screw it. So tonight we have a special edition podcast. Uh, we got Josh here, of course. We got, what up, what up? And then we got your boy Jake Morocco. What's good, Jake? And then, this is the most mind-blowing thing of all time. We got our number one fan. Shout out motherfucking Jake Ruthier in the house. Jake, how you doing? What's up, what's up? This is I'm living the dream right now. Dude, this is, this this is, is like... This is all I live for, right This is here. the coolest shit that's ever happened. So... As you know, Jake, we start off with a big take, and tonight it's your turn to start off with a big take. So just drop it on us. Let's go, baby. Oh damn! Uh, all right, big take this week. I get what is it? It would have been big take last week if if I was on, but this week it's definitely got to be uh, Juice World's uh, album uh, "Legends Never Die," number one album of the year. I think that's gonna it's gonna be the album of the year this year. Yeah, for I'm the just, whole for the whole year. Hundred percent. Like I said, I, I said it on Twitter a little bit, but like. The the features were phenomenal. Like every aspect of that record, especially posthumous, is just like I think one of the greatest rap albums or hip hop. I don't know what you want to even call it because it's 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 more than just like rap hip hop. It's it kind of crosses over a bunch of different genres. So it's like I'm saying album of the year right now. I like it, dude. What's your favorite song? Playing it down. Oh shit! I pulled the track list. I listen to my problems. I listen to it at work, so I listen to just. Song, so I think it's like the twelfth track. Oh come on, that's not gonna come out. I've I've, actu- I've actually heard that this might be the best posthumous album of all time. Dude, there there are some chilling chilling parts when you listen to this. There's a uh, okay, so yeah, uh, life's a mess with Halsey. I think is one of my top ones. Yeah. Uh, um, what's another one? I really oh, like both of them. Uh, the marshmallow feature is also phenomenal, and um, screw juice. I think those are my like. If I could throw down a top three, that would be top three, at least right now. Yeah, those, those, I like those. I like all those. What about you guys? You guys like those, that shit, Jake? I I, re- I liked. I, I really haven't listened to much Juice World, but I did listen to Legends Never Die. I liked it. Um, <clears throat> I wouldn't. I mean, it's not my album of the year, but that's such a subjective thing that that's just it's you know everybody's different. I really enjoyed it though. Uh, I think Wishing Well is probably my favorite song on it. 
it is it is tough, especially the last not really song, but that last it, it hits really hard and it's very very tough to listen to at times. But it's it's a very good album, no doubt about it. Hell yeah, yeah! I I'm a big fan of the Wishing Well song. I like uh, my favorite song I think so far is Bad Energy. I think I think that was dope. Uh, I'm a I'm a big Juice World fan and uh, shout out Jake Ruthier once again. I said I was going to write you something. I will, uh, but. I was I have had something uh, that I've been writing up a little bit in uh, prior, and it was uh, about how and I, it's like a preview for you, but it's about how Juice World belongs in the Rap Hall of Fame already. Like, oh, for sure, he, he does, dude. He's dude. He had you know two classics, in my opinion. You know, I I love Juice World's music. I always have. I love his voice. I think the guy was a god given talent, and uh, and I saw something the other day that uh, two more albums are planned uh, with a documentary too. Like the guy had like he has music stacked up. He's not. I mean, he's yeah. a content machine. Also, like just listening to the man, the myth, the legend interview, and you just hear all those like these like big name artists just praising him and his freestyle ability and everything. It's it's super chilling, right? Super chilling. But like that just goes to show you how for how young he was, how big an impact he made just on literally the entire hip hop world or rap world. I don't know how you want to classify it, but and he he died. A week into his twenty first, like after he turned twenty one, like yeah. all that, like twenty and younger, it's unbelievable. Dude, when I was twenty one, I was in an extreme amount of debt, which I still am, and like had no future aspirations. This guy was like, like the top, best of, rapper. top of the game, right, right at twenty one. Insane, insane, absolutely insane. All right, Jake Ruthie, what you got, that's bro? I mean, my Jake, big take, that's my take. That was a good big take. That was that was a very good big take for your first appearance on Small State. And now I want to hear Jake Morocco's big take. So this was a take that I had on um, uh, Legends Lingo last week. And unfortunately, I'm still getting it recorded, but I, I had to throw it out there. And I really, uh, I've, I've since, since dug my feet into this one. Statistically, let me give that as the caveat. Statistically, Xander Bogarts, when he finishes his career, will go down as a better shortstop than Derek Cheater ever was. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've had a subsequent subsequent take uh, probably almost a year ago now, and I said that Xander Bogarts might just be the best shortstop of all time. Wait, of and, all baseball? And, and, no, yeah. If, go listen back. I, I That was a big take of mine probably like a year ago. And, you know, maybe Cal Ripken in the number of games consecutively that he played, it's going to be tight there. Um, but... I mean, all round, the guy is just a, an amazing defender, and, and now is one of the best average hitters in the game. So I completely agree with you. I, uh, you know, I love Xander Bogarts, and you know he's just a good dude too. Just oh, goes oh, to yeah. show you, uh, one of the best. He's going to be an icon for years to come. Yeah, and I mean, I also, I also kind of branched out beyond that take and went a little crazier and said that he will be the reason that kids wear number two and not Derek Jeter. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, think, I, I think there's a chance that happens. I mean, that might be the, the hotter part of the take, but I think that, I mean, defensively, he pretty much already blows him out of the water. Oh, but yeah, right. offensively, I think pretty much all around, Xander Bogarts can absolutely, and I think will absolutely go down as a better shortstop than Jared Jeter, who I think on the surface already is overrated. Oh, my God. I think so, too, to a point. To a point, statistically speaking. But... I mean, I don't think it's so much a slap in the face of Derek Jeter that, you know, kids might wear too because of Xander Bogarts. Because any decent baseball fan would know why Xander Bogarts wears two. 
and that's because of Derek Jeter. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just is kind of, for me, it's more of a passing of the torch. Like, I hate Derek Jeter just as much as the next guy just because I'm a Red Sox fan. But it doesn't take away from the fact that he's Derek Jeter, and and it fueled a lot of the fire of great baseball, you know, in the early 2000s and in the 90s. So, I mean, any any good baseball fan, any any great baseball fan who really loves the game will say, well, Xander Bogarts is the guy now, but I know why he wore number two. You know what I mean? Well, um, that- and that's that's like more of the topic that I think should be talked about is just like, well, where I don't I don't know the answer to this, but where did Derek Jeter? Why why did he wear two? Um, you know, it could have just been the same succession. You know, but it's all it's all in good baseball. Well, back to your big take, Josh. That he, that Bogarts might be the best shortstop of all time. I don't think Jeter's. The best shortstop, like right now, like no. close. I'm trying to think, no. like who, who who's the, like up there? Like we got Cal Ripken, you got A Rod. Like Prime A Rod is insane. Yeah, Prime A Rod. Uh, Smith, definitely up there. Um, Can't sleep on my boy Barry Larkin, baby. Barry Larkin, Barry Larkin. Uh, defensively, Ozzy Smith, Omar Vizquel. Um, oh, oh wow! Just for the number of years that guy played. Um, who the hell yeah. is up there? Um. How many great shorts have there been? Look I'm looking up a list right now because we're probably forgetting. Oh, don't yeah. forget my boy Hannes Wagner, baby. Ernie Banks. Ernie Banks, dude. Yeah, Hannes Wagner, yeah. Who else? Uh, yeah, this, this, uh, Jimmy Rollins. I mean, we kind of forget about him, but he was pretty Jimmy good. Rollins was definitely like an era guy. Oh, don't forget Miguel Tejada. Yo, <laughs> no, I'm definitely forgetting about him. <laughs> yeah. I like. I, he was one of my favorite guys to play with in MVP 05, though. He was pretty damn dude, good. He was killer. Tata on the, on the A's was insane. I mean, it goes it goes pretty deep. Like Pee Wee Reese, like Alan Trammell. Alan Trammell's pretty good. Um, let's see. Pookie Reese. Yeah, I mean, just looking at that list, though, it is pretty easy like to put him up there. I love that take. I'm going to be honest. Dude, so who's going to end it. up being the better all-time shortstop? Uh, Bogarts or Francisco Lindor? Because I think Lindor is an all-time great as well. How about that big take? I I personally don't like Lindor. That's just me, though. Do you hate his smile? Um, I think he's no, no. I just think he's overhyped. Um, he definitely hit for average. Uh, and power. Definitely hit a couple of home runs here and there for a shortstop. Dude, forty um, like last year. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know, man. It's like a one-year thing. It's kind of like uh, the curse, the cursed man. You think, oh, Jose, no, did you Jose just curse Ramirez. Him? Did you just curse Lindor? I didn't uncurse him, I'll tell you that much. Dude, that's <laughs> up. I'm trying to look up Xander Bogarts' uh, war here and where he ranks. Um, so his career war is 21.5, which, let's see, war leaders. I have a big question for, J- for the, both the Jakes right now. Mm. Well, Josh, this up. Yeah. And as you both know, the basis of this podcast it began with an argument that Josh and I had with Oliver and Gilly about Dustin Pedroia uh, and his potential as a utility player. And without Gilly and Oliver here, I feel very safe in asking you guys this question without being attacked. How do you guys feel about Dustin Pedroia being a utility player? What do you mean, like playing other positions other than second? Right. Like bouncing around. Right. Well, third. I think right now it's a disaster. The guy can barely stand. Okay, well, okay, imagine his knee was all right. Like, not okay. great, but, like, he's an old guy now, you know. 
but like he still wants to play for the Red Sox, whatever. All right, put him at shortstop for the day, like a Brock Holt style. You know what I mean? Like put him at first, put him in mm-hmm. right field, fuck him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. how do you guys I mean, feel? I, honestly, I, I know we've we've argued about this on the podcast before, on this very podcast yeah, before. Yeah. But you guys know my feelings on Dustin Pedroia, especially now. Oh yeah, uh, I think the guy's kind of a snake, quite honestly. Well, let's go. Yeah, right now at least. This is a. Uh, this is, he, we can say whatever we want right now. We don't have. Any I know I got. I know I got derided by Gillian <laughs> Allen when I said it, but that whole Manny Machado bullshit really lost me with him. It really did. I, it, it pissed me off so much, dude, when you did that. That is like just launching your teammates under the bus. Like it, it's it's just such a failure of leadership, and it was such a, a, a this black mark on everything he had done as a Red Sox player, and, and not maybe not everything he had done. That's excessive, but it was just this this black mark on everything that he had been built up as this great leader, this great captain. Without saying he's a captain, but right. It, for me, that legacy was a little bit stained because of uh, of what he did. All right, Jay. so no, I don't think I would use utility player. He was healthy. Yeah. Uh, so to, I tough to say. Just looking through some of the the. For I mean, if you want to throw him in. If you want to throw him a shortstop, I think he would do well. I don't think he's a bad he's a bad player all around. I don't think he's gonna he would be any better or worse in uh, any other position. I think he's actually pretty a pretty good overall utility player, believe it or not. You, yeah. Oh, totally. But do do you think like, think, yeah. that'd be an okay role for him? It's not like so. Say like, all right, Dustin, we know you're you're not a second baseman anymore. Dude, your knees are shot. You're old. You suck. Right. Yeah. Um, how about you come off the bench and you play first base on fucking Saturday? How's that sound? Like, you know what I mean? Like, would, it, would that I mean, be okay? If he, a, if he has the hands for it, you might as well. I mean, at right. this point, I the I think you you need a it's it's a manager. Not I guess not a managerial, but you know you need a, you need to play what you got. If you have someone who's got the hands, who's not going to be able to do much on second base, where you have to be you know more active and out there and involved in the game. Like, I mean, obviously you have to be involved in the game for playing first, but still, if, if you don't have to. You, you play with what you got. You don't play with what you wish you had. You right. know? Ex- that's exactly but, right. That's that's all. That's all that Josh and I were ever trying to argue. Josh and I. I. I yeah. I, I'll try with you guys on that. I'll try with you guys on that. Yeah. You, you play with what you got. You know. If if you got someone who's healthy enough with the hands, throw them there. If you got someone who's fully active and is going to do better on second base, but not necessarily a second baseman, fuck it. I mean, you might as well throw what you got at the wall. Whatever sticks, sticks. I, I love that that feeling what you got what you got josh um so i'm just looking at the uh the jaws leaders because it includes war war seven jaws all war d war all that good stuff um so according to baseball reference it says that well just to put into perspective a rod is number two um at 117.5 war career um which is absolutely berserk uh honus wagner is number one at 130.9 yeah uh so, like I said before, um, Xander Bogarts is 21.5 right now. Um, and Derek Jeter ended his career at 71.3. So, there's quite a ways to go. But, again, we have also haven't seen the probably the best of Xander Bogarts either. Yeah, he's still young. Uh, on a bad team without Mookie Betts. Right. In which he's going to be that leader and, and you know, He's going to produce a lot of the runs, a lot of a lot of the home runs, and you know, 
it, and even as far as like if you want to include defensive war, like let's see, his defensive war is what? way better than Jeter's. What I know, already know. That. Um, it looks like eight point three. Is that the right? Nope. Hang on. Sorry. Uh, Dude, Jeter sucks in comparison. That's all I know. He's a sucker. It is negative one. Nice. So, and, and Jeter's is negative nine. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Xander Bogarts is definitely on the up and up for sure. And it's, I don't know if he'll get up to like one thirty. Maybe that's that's not the argument that I can have. But if he gets up to like seventy, eighty, I would not be surprised at all. Bottom line is, at some point, he'll surpass. Uh, Jeter, yeah, oh. stats. Oh yeah, overall. I mean, time time is on his side, you know. At oh, this totally. point, absolutely. Career wise, so much younger. How old gonna, is Bogarts? Only can go up. He's uh, like twenty seven. Who Bogarts? Yeah. Um, Xander Bogarts. Bogarts. Yeah, he's twenty seven. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah, he's gonna be dope. He's got a long career. Head oh, for yeah. sure. All right. So, so, question for Jake Ruthier. Another question. Uh, are there any takes that you'd like to air out on this on this podcast while you're here? Like anything that like has stood out to you along the way that you've always like questioned that you want to like get more clarification from? There's there's one particular take, and unfortunately, the person who said it is not here, and oh. that's the most frustrating thing I think that's ever happened. Oh, it is Gil- Gilly's uh, Edelman Welker thing. Oh, and that, no. that uh, just just saying it out loud makes me want to throw my computer into a wall right now. <laughs> it is it is the most outlandish, blasphemous thing I've ever heard in my entire life. It, I think I, I, I he isn't like I I, I can't I. I there's no uh, what is it ground to stand on? Is that is that what it is? You're talking about one of the best, the best wide receivers in all of history, and you're you're telling me that he is not as good as Wes Welker, who did not have half the Super Bowl wins that Julian Edelman has. So I think not not to speak for Gilly here, but uh, now because nobody could do that, <clears throat> but I think. <laughs> I think what happened here was that he says something about Welker. I don't know the, the origin here, the genesis of this hill that he dies on, but I think what happened was there was a simple question. He took Welker's side, and then somebody came at him with, um, with the facts, and he yeah. just launched into this defense of Wes Welker. I know I'm going to get shit for this if he listens yeah, to you're this. you're dead. Uh, well, we're all, we're all dead for this one. I'm sorry about that, but it... You can argue it, I guess, and I guess I I overreached when I said that it's not even a contest. But it's like it, it it's not it's not a blowout, but it's like when you win the game like thirty to sixteen. Like it's okay, it's like two touchdowns. It's not like you got blown off the field, but like you lost pretty handily. That's how I view this argument. And at the end of the day, maybe in Jacksonville, how he does in the regular season would matter a little bit more, or maybe in Tennessee or in one of these places where the postseason really doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. It's like a fairy tale. But in New England, how you perform in the postseason just puts you on a different plane. And that's why Julian Edelman makes that jump. I'm sorry. You could say the pass was a little high to Welker, but Edelman's made some pretty damn hard catches in his time in New England. The guy, no. the better wide receiver. Yeah, he might not have these glorious numbers, and yes, his 
whatever that score was, Gilly sent me one time, might be lower than Welker's, but whatever. But Julian Edelman, I know from the eye test, is the better wide receiver. If I have to line him up in the slot, either him or Wes Welker, I know I trust Brady with him more than Brady with Welker. I'm sorry, it's just, that's how I feel after watching this team for decades. I watched, Josh, I don't mean to say anything, I watched Julian Edelman win a Super Bowl with a single catch. With a single catch. Okay, and let's go back and, into our brain files. Quick quick Google. When's the last time that Wes Walker won an entire Super Bowl with one catch? He had a chance, though. He had a chance, though. If you, it, it doesn't matter if you got a chance. You know, no one remembers that, that one missed catch. Everyone remembers the catch that wins the Super Bowl. That's the truth. Now, I sit on the fence on this argument, and I think I did during that podcast, too. I didn't really say too much about it because I'm a big advocate for the players that have great careers. It's kind of like our, our Mike Trout podcast where we were talking about Mike Trout and how he's never made the playoffs or never has won games in the playoffs, I should say. Um, you know, I'm a big advocate for regular season Huge numbers. Mm -hmm. And Wes Welker is exactly that. Um, Julian Edelman by far has a better playoff numbers. Um, it, it's outstanding, actually, how much better he is. I, I mean, being a football guy, I see the, the best in both guys. And I honestly can't pick. And, and I'm not a New England fan, so I have no bias. So, like, the catch, it means nothing to me. You know? And, and yeah, it was such a pinnacle. Like, you can say, well... Yeah, Edelman won a Super Bowl with his catch, and Welker literally lost a Super Bowl with his, his catch. Uh, there you go. There, that's say. your answer. Yeah. But no, no. It's, it's not that simple. That is one one play that defines an entire career. For me, like that argument makes zero sense. And yes, it, it, it makes a little bit more sense towards your fandom. And, and you know, I don't know. I, I just see outside the box, and I see two very good receivers and i don't think that it's possible to differentiate the two where welker is significantly better in the regular season and edelman is significantly better in the playoffs well all right i have a counterpoint for that then you can compare peyton manning to tom brady peyton manning's, peyton manning's uh records or whatever in the regular season are insane but compared to brady brady yeah. brady blows him out in the playoffs and who's well, known no. as the goat you know uh, and I totally agree, but I do think that Peyton Manning is in a conversation with Tom Brady. No, I'm not sure. one of those yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean, like it's for it's, me, it's not so night and day. It, I I personally do not care about quote unquote playoff wins or, or anything. Yes, it's it's nice to have, but not every great player is going to have that choice. Well, like Mike Trout does not have that choice. Yeah, but you know, Mike it's, Trout but, is going to get judged. He's going to be the greatest baseball player of all time. Look, I think the playoff wins argument is probably the weakest in baseball because that is one where I mean, you can have the best blessed player on the planet like Mike Trout, and your team is consistently out of the playoffs. It's different right. when you're talking about football, which is a quarterback-driven sport, and usually the best quarterbacks are the ones in the playoffs because they're the ones leading the team there. I just want to I just want to get a quick comment in there. <clears throat> Correction, Jake. Julian Edelman did not win one Super Bowl with a catch. He won two because he caught the game-winning catch against Seattle. But oh, oh, sorry, my my bad, my bad. Neither here nor there. But mark on the record. <laughs> but anyway, um, <clears throat> uh, I think the point you make is is a good one, Josh. I mean, they, there's 
one area where Wes Walker is really good and better than Edelman. There's one area where Wes, where Jillian Edelman's better than Wes Walker. I don't think either point is oh, you can. There's wiggle room here and there for either one, but I think ultimately what comes down to it is that Julian Edelman was such an it well was I guess because the past Super Bowls was such an incredibly integral part of that team. And other than Tom Brady. And I mean, I mean, Robert Rokowski was injured for one of those Super Bowls, so you could say right, that yeah. too. But Julian Edelman, when he's on the field, is the ultimate difference maker. You saw the year he went down against the Giants when his foot got hurt. The, mm. Even with Gronk, they weren't the same team. He's no. the engine that makes that team go. And he, it feels like when Brady doesn't have him, he's lost. Or when he's neutralized, he's lost. And also, I know that it kind of goes in the face of your postseason argument as well, Josh, but. Edelman also does have a Super Bowl MVP, which kind yeah, of- no, no, I know, and I totally get. I, it's not like I'm naive enough to say, well, the playoffs don't matter. I, all I'm saying is, is like I'm just not one of those people who fight for that argument. Yeah. I, I see that it all makes sense, but overall, I mean, if you dominate as a individual player, and and most everything's a team sport, right? Everything that we talk about is a team sport. We always talk about the individual. So it's like the team could do something like win a Super Bowl, win a division playoff, win a conference or X amount of these things. And you're, st- you're talking about the team. You're not talking about the individual. So my argument is always going to be that the individual, no matter what kind of games we're looking at, is always going to be significant because you're talking about, you know, Patriots teams, you know, like the ATO team, you know. That team was great across the board. So they like if Wes Welker, if they had won that, we'd be talking about Wes Welker differently. And my thing is, why? Like, why? You know, I think Wes Welker was a part of that team and did just as good in the regular season to get them there. Uh, I don't know. I always fight for that type of argument and, and I don't know. I always get shit for it. It's kind of like LeBron and MJ. You know, like, and I don't even, I don't even want to get into that right now, but you sure. Come on, let's do it. No, like, I, <laughs> I, I am like very close, very, very close to being more of a LeBron guy. Now I'm, I think MJ is still better. I do, but I, I'm very close to I'm pushing up. LeBron over the edge just because of this is, this is how I think of those arguments. Josh, I need to ask you a question because you are, uh, I, I like, I like this tactic of, you know, thinking rationally about things. I wish I could do the same, mm. but, same, um, same here. What, what would you say is your most aggressive die on the hill? This player is better than this player. Like if somebody brings it up to you, you will go at it. Like, is there, is there one for you? Is there one in your mind where it's like, all right, this would really like poke the bear type deal. Um, that's a, that's a good question. Um, Josh I, you know, I've never, I've never really thought of that. Uh, I mean, if you give me, give me, give me a couple of examples. I mean, I'm like I just said, MJ and LeBron does does nothing for me. Like it would have to be somebody that I don't know. I think was absolutely amazing. Like Barry Bonds. Like I fight for Barry Bonds at all That'd times. And yeah, like it's during the steroid era, era but. I don't care. You know, guy, a guy with the most walks of all time. Do you understand what type of hitting eye or batter's eye in general you have to have to have the most walks of all time? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not about taking steroids. It's not like your eyeballs are popping out of your fucking head. 
Well, okay. there's, also, there's also a fear component there because he was intended to walk a lot. Yeah. That too. But all I'm saying is it was like, I don't know what, I, I, can't, I don't have the number. I'm not going to look. But uh, it wasn't a bulk of intentional walks. He still had a bunch of just walks in general, you know, natural walks. Um, I don't know. So anything like Barry Bonds, like, I don't know. Maybe Barry Bonds and Mike Trout is a good one for me because I think I'd still take Barry Bonds right now. Um, and I mean, Barry Bonds over Babe Ruth. I, I, I think I, Barry Bonds is kind of like my die in the hill type guy right now until Mike Trout kind of eclipses that. I think I know, I think I know your answer. Um, but I do want to ask you guys, cause I know you're, you're all baseball fans, obviously. If I asked you right now, who is not, and I'm not having seen like you've been to the game. Who is the best baseball player you've ever seen? Right now? Who have you ever in person? Yeah. Or, or no, not, no, not in person. Just like the best player you've, the, like of our lifetime that you've oh, watched. Yeah, like I'm in the presence of greatness because I, I understand, I understand the Mike Trout pick because he's the most talented all around player. But like Josh said, like there is, yes, you could bring the steroid argument in here, but there is no one in our lifetimes who has struck fear into the opposing team's hearts like Barry Bonds. That's stuff. true. Right, like Absolutely. people aren't intentionally walking Mike Trout with the bases loaded. No. Like Barry Bonds was a monster. Like Mike Trout is an incredible baseball player. He's one of the best we've ever seen. Yeah, but when it comes to striking fear in people's hearts, Barry Bonds was the one that did it. I mean, like Josh said, like just look at how many times the dude walked. I mean, yes, he had a good batter's eye, but the dude got intentionally walked like it was nobody's business. They wanted mm -hmm. nothing to do with him. Yeah, starting off innings. I remember, uh, I don't remember who it was against, but they were at uh, San Francisco, and I was watching a game, and it was literally the bottom of the third inning, and they w intentionally walked them with nobody out. Like, wha what? Nobody out, <laughs> Like, yeah. that, that's the stuff that, like, yeah. sticks in my mind, you know? Uh, the To throw another player out there, and I completely understand you guys might not get it, I mean, I thought the question was going to go more towards, like, the best player you've ever seen, which is kind of like why he's so prominent in my mind. But that guy for me growing up is Ichiro. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it, it was unbelievable at the time of what baseball was, what Ichiro was doing. And, and the number of hits that he got, the average that he was hitting for, the stolen bases that he had, he was also a guy that was, oh, God, Ichiro's on base. Like, we need to check that guy every single time he's on base. Like, again, with like Barry Bonds, instilling fear, uh, in people while he's on the field, you know, and I think Ichiro is definitely one of those guys for me, and I would put him in, you know, a category very highly. Like I don't know if he's top ten just because of his overall, but he had a great defensive arm too. You know, he he was gunning people out, um, and, and was a great fielder. So I don't know, like just to throw that name out there, like that's a name for me that you know I love to talk about. Give me one right here. Watch a lot of Seattle games. <laughs> yeah right. Ichiro was one of my favorite players to play with in MVP 05. His stats at the end of the at the end of the year were like 40 home runs and like 55 <laughs> RBIs because no one was on base. Yeah, one. I have uh, I, I had Jason Larue or Rod Barajas batting ninth, and I'm like, these dudes aren't getting on base for him. Like they're gonna they're gonna strike out every time because they suck. No guys on my team that didn't do anything. Hey, Big T, do you remember when Jason Larue retired or why he retired? Uh no. Oh, he was kicked in the head by Johnny Cueto in that Cardinals-Reds brawl. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, 
forgot about that. What a pull, Steve. Wow. Big take, dude. So I actually got a big take. Let's go. It, it, it came up today. Uh, big news. Uh, Miles Garrett. Okay. Five years, 125 million, um, 100 million guaranteed. Best, uh, top, top defensive guaranteed money of all time. Um, happened today about an hour ago. So, my big take is that is the worst contract in NFL history. Wow. The worst. Wow. The absolute worst. And, and Patrick Mahomes is what? saying um, it, it, uh, it resonated. Like Patrick Mahomes resonated in the NFL, and I don't think that was a bad deal because you're getting absolute franchise. But Miles Garrett getting that type of money is awful. I'm sorry. Can you repeat to me what organization did that again? Yeah, 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 yeah. Cleveland. <laughs> Browns. There you go. Yeah. How, how how many uh how many Super Bowls or how many AF or uh, sorry I just say NFC NFC championships have they won recently? Nothing. Are they? Oh, okay. All right. I'm just oh, yeah. making sure because that is the most wild thing to ever do. Why would you guarantee 100 million dollars to a single player on a team that has done most close to nothing the last decade? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say when's the last time the Browns are relevant after really going uh, back? You know, that is crazy. The it's other like the thing is with. they have guys on that team that like OBJ uh, that they, sh- they should be locking up. Uh, and it, it pains me also. And with all the stuff that happened with Miles Garrett, you're now paying this guy to be the face of your franchise. For the next couple of years, and he is probably the worst person to have in your limelight, dude. Cleveland has or what is it, Khalil Mack, right? Pick up Khalil Mack last year, and they have a great defensive line, and they're they're wasting all of their money on someone who's problematic and more than likely isn't going to win them a championship. No, yeah, uh, hundred million like guaranteed, insane. To, he is he is good, but I don't think he is going to be a sustainable player over the next five years. Whether it's injury, he hasn't played. I don't think he's played a full season, if I am recalling correctly. Whether it be suspension or injury, like he has not played a full season. So there's just a couple of things going there where it's just like red red flag for me. Why would you spend so much money on this guy that you know you could probably try to competitively go after because you have open money on the market um, and just let him, let him go to the market, test it and let somebody else give him that money and, and go get another top, you know, prospect or, you know, sign somebody to a little lesser deal. Like go get Calais Campbell, get a more veteran leader. You know, Calais Campbell went to the, to the Ravens and you know, that is a huge pull for them because they have a locker room that's from what is, you know, the word around town is not descended, but it's like, it's young. It's a young locker room. You need veteran leadership to kind of tie things together. And a guy like that's perfect. Now, I think the Browns are in a very similar, similar uh, situation there where if they get some true veteran leadership, not OBJ, you know, they're looking pretty good. Dude, it it is mind blowing. Uh, What I was thinking about is the money like situation altogether. Like, 
you have t- some teams like pinching pennies. Like you got like the Jaguars, like oh I don't want to pay shit. And then you have like someone like the Browns who's just throwing money at someone like Miles Garrett. Uh, wh- and there's a cap. There's a cap in this freaking league. Yeah. It, it doesn't add up to me. Like how how can you afford? Like you're gonna you're gonna build the team around Miles Garrett, which okay. I, and I understand what you're saying, Josh, that he's a dirtbag, which, I mean, he plays like a dirtbag. He does a lot of bad things. He yeah. is a great player. but it's yeah, like, he is. He's yeah. A, yeah. And I understand, like, you know, the good with the bad, whatever, and the situation if you're the Browns or whatever. But even so, to commit that much money, to commit, like, your whole, like, $100 million guaranteed in a league with a cap, I, I yeah. just, I can't, I can't justify and, that in my brain. I mean, the cap's going up. Uh, significantly over the next few years, I was like, uh, I think it's like a few years of increases uh-huh. to, to the salary cap, which maybe that's their thought. It won't hurt them as badly when the cap goes up. But you know, nonetheless, like you said, it's it's pretty bonkers, especially with the guaranteed money. Like you can't get that back. Yeah. You know, it, it is what it is. It is guaranteed. It's over. And yeah, because to give it to a guy like Mahomes, who's proven, has won a Super Bowl, who's young. Who is a franchise uh, icon? Who is great in the media? You know that's different. But you know somebody like Miles Garrett—that's just. just Mahomes is, is the quote-unquote generational quarterback, so that's it's viable to do so. But for right. for Miles Garrett, nah, that's that's over over But speaking on that, like uh, just having some money to throw around. Fucking the Patriots have some money to spend right now, and. Uh, I know this doesn't matter to Josh so much as it does to Jake and Steve, but what what are you guys thinking is going to happen? I'm thinking I'm thinking Najoku is probably the most realistic uh, choice to make at this point. Yeah, I like Njoku. Uh, I don't know what I mean. I know Bill deals with Cleveland quite a bit, so I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, he's definitely yeah. Somebody who might have a chip on his shoulder because he's really been looked past a little bit. He's had a you know injury problem here and there, but uh, I certainly wouldn't mind it. He'd be the best tight end this team has had in you know a, a couple of years I, now. Yeah, so, you know, what Gronk's been out for about three years. Yeah, yeah. Since yeah. Uh, since Gronk left, he's definitely that, you know, shoots right up to number one past you know uh, Ryan Izzo and Matt Lacoste. <laughs> yeah, like no, I don't know that guy. Gronk. Bill yeah. caring all about tight ends, just not giving a shit about it. So maybe he does look at Njoku and he's like, you know what? Maybe we could use somebody that can catch the ball at the tight end position. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind it, but also I wouldn't be surprised if Bill Belichick just you know holds on to it and sees what comes up in the middle of the season, or you know if they need somebody to fill a spot or something. I would be surprised if they hold on to it. The Njoku thing seems obvious, so to me, that's what the Patriots won't do. But the Njoku thing is that he's just he's Belichick's wet dream right there. I mean, that's someone who has a chip on their shoulder. Yeah. They want to win. They want to be on a team that wants to win, and they want someone who's going to like give them some actions. And that's and that's what Belichick's great at picking up on. He's those guys who are underutilized in other uh, other teams. I mean, you saw it with uh, James Harrison when James when James Harrison came, like he was fucking super underutilized on the Steelers. Came to us, and then he became like I think one of the most prominent players that season. I agree. Or at least the latter part of that season. So and I think that's like a, that's a Belichick easy lock right there. Oh, totally. Dude, you know what? Like what Jake uh, Morocco just said, it was the obvious thing, so he, he doesn't think it's likely. I th- kind of think opposite now. I, like, I think the Cam Newton thing was so obvious that it was like, yeah, that won't happen. That's funny, though. Like when we saw his uh, one, the original Photoshop picture of him with like the Patriots jersey on. And then it happened. <laughs> it was like, oh, shit, that's 
oh my god. And then you have a hungry Cam Newton, which you can't. Be- like, I just can't believe he's a Patriot. Still, it's mind blowing, dude. If we got a hungry Blast. Njoku, like, dude, Blast. dude, people are, dude, everyone's watching Cam on Twitter, on Instagram, and shit, and seeing how hungry he is, dude. You know, players want to come to New England now. Njoku's, I, I think he's coming. I think they're gonna get him. That's my, that's my big take. Yeah, well, Rivera is a great coach, but I, I don't, I didn't see last year any. There's no life in Cam. I didn't feel that that was a Super Bowl team, and he's and he's, you know, since they went to the Super Bowl, he's not really done too much. So I think he's just hungry to get back there, hungry to actually show like I am that cocky ass quarterback who is allowed to be so because I'm so fucking good. Like right. he wants to show people that that I'm I and he just needed the better team. He just needed to be on a better team. That's all it came down to. He's been hurt too. Like he, his shoulder was messed up. Yeah, we, we forget he was in that car accident too. Remember that shit? I, I did forget about that. I did forget about that. It was a trip. Yeah, so I mean, and I mean, for what we got for how much we paid for him, I think it's a pretty sweet deal on our on uh, the Patriots part. That was really uh, a great deal. Because it, 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 the more money he gets, that means he's he's showing off that he he's a uh, hot shit. He knows he he knows he's good. How about Clowney? How you guys feel about that potentially? Kind of a good pickup too. I don't know. That's another one. I'm not He's sure. expensive though. He'd be too expensive. I'm thinking for what we'd be willing to pay. Yeah. What's he, what's he looking at for? What kind of also, pay? I think to be quite frank, the Patriots still have one of the best defense in the AFC. So you need to shore up some stuff on the offensive side of the ball, as we saw last yeah. year. As we saw last year, a fantastic, phenomenal defense can only get you so far. So yeah. they need some help on the offensive side of the ball. As much as Clowney would be great, and wow, I mean, he's a fantastic player, and on a one-year deal to get him more money next year, that'd be fantastic. But I, I think, you know, like like Jake said with Njoku, it's, it's, I think it'd be a smarter play. But again, I don't have a billion Super Bowl rings and a ton of hmm. playoff wins and all that shit. So, you know, that's just me. But I think Njoku would be a good pickup. I think McDaniels is happy to have freaking Cam, dude. I think he's, like, licking his chops. He's got the mobile quarterback he oh, always yeah. wanted, a big body, ready to freaking run people over. I, dude, I think, like Josh was saying in a, in a former podcast, I don't know, it was might, might have been the one when Cam was first a Patriot. Yeah, he was like, yep. you know, Cam. It was day off. Yep. Yeah, it was like Cam's gonna be the fucking like face the Pats for the next ten years. It's like hell yeah, dude. I think that could, ha- I think that could really happen. I think he's gonna be lighting it up, at least for you know the next like few years. And, I love that take. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Great Yo, Brady came back from injury too. People forget that Brady yeah. came back from injury. He's still one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. Dude, ever. He got better. He got better after he got hurt. Yeah, it, it's unheard of. So maybe you know, maybe Cam would change change to that New England weather. You know, get them cold winters, harden up them bones. Hell yeah! I think so. Looking outside the box again, because I am not a Patriots fan. Um, I personally think that the Patriots are sleeping on two people. And one, I think they're actually going to go after uh, a little closer to camp just because they might get him for less, and that's Devonta Freeman. And the only reason Ooh. being is a speed quarterback in now what I think is going to convert into a speed system. Uh, they already have James White and Sony Michelle, but as we all know, Sony Michelle did not have a great season. It could be one of those pieces that the Patriots finally say, oh, let's get a mediocre draft pick for, uh, and let's get him out of here. Uh, and Freeman, although I hated him in Atlanta, it just wasn't the right offense for him. Um, right. Like, we were slingers 
And yeah, he's a little bit of a receiving back, but he can, he can do the dirty work. Um, and you know, I just think he would fit perfectly. And if it turns into a pistol system for the Patriots, then it's, it would look amazing with him in the backfield, him and James White in the same backfield. Yeah. I was going to say James White too. With the, that, you know, would in the same that would look fantastic. And, uh, Jake, you want to say something? I was going to uh, say, I agree with you, Josh, because Devonte Freeman's always had a special place in my heart. He was when that, that breakout year. He was on my fantasy team. So I was, I, I've always, I've always loved Devonte Freeman. I've always, and I, honestly, I didn't even know he was a free agent. To be frank with you, yeah, we cut him. Yes, yeah. I was happy. So Josh was but, in, Josh was like, we need, yeah, this guy. we need to yeah. cut this guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then the other is a New England native in Jordan Reed, and yes, he has been hurt. That'd be a tough sell. <laughs> no, I, you know, yeah. I still, I still think that better trade end options right now. I'm just saying, you know, like Jordan Reed would be a guy that could very well mend the Patriot way. A guy that was in Cam Newton's division, you know. Um, Actually, no, it's false. That's the that's the NFC's. Never mind. But has played Cam Newton uh, multiple times, and you know, I just think that there would be a great chemistry there. Um, You know, I don't want to be stereotypical at all, but it's another black offensive player, you know, on, on the Patriots squad. No, I just like, it, it has to be said, like New England, New England is not comfortable with this. And that's the one thing I do hate about Twitter because a lot of these people are like, oh, now the Patriots have a black quarterback. They're, they're, you know, wrapping around what's going around in the world. And it's awful. Like, it's terrible. But, you know, I'm just saying, like, it's, it's fact of the matter sometimes, you know, like, you know, sometimes you just need a bro. That's it. Yeah. I, I will say Belichick does love collecting his uh, small uh, white co- uh, white wide receivers. He's he's a big yeah. fan of uh, tiny white wide receivers. I just think that if you know they spread out Jordan Reed, uh, not use him as like a blocking type back, and they do sign somebody like Njoku too, like on top of that, because I don't think Jordan Reed would be big money. Uh, it would be a great little uh, two setup tight okay. end right there, you know. Um, and then you have Edelman and Jacoby Myers. I mean, thinking about that, Devontae Freeman and James White backfield, and then just like everything you can do with that with Cam being so mobile, that's that's making me chomp at the bit a little bit for for uh, uh, pickup of Freeman. I'd uh, I'd be all about that. Yeah, well, I think he's definitely a sleeper. Definitely a guy that would help the Patriots offense for sure. Yo, I don't mean to cut you guys short, but we have a Jeopardy game coming up in ten minutes with uh, Jake Morocco's. Uh, Twitter or Twitter, whatever it's called, freaking podcast. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Um, so, you got any last takes before we end this this shit real quick? Uh, I didn't really comment on Josh' take about uh, Miles Garrett's contract being the worst ever. I don't know about the worst ever, but I definitely look at that contract and I'm like, yeah, that's that that has potential to be a real albatross. I mean, this isn't. I, I wouldn't put Miles Garrett in the same category as an Aaron Donald quite yet. So, uh, right. I, true. It scared me a little bit, especially when that team needs a lot of help. Like, I mean, no, they have a great offense, but the, the time is going to come where you got to extend some of these guys. And I don't know if the Miles Garrett ones are going to look so good in a couple of years, but who knows? Maybe it does. No. All right. Um, I don't know, man. I I really didn't like that Miles Garrett contract, but um, you know, actually, I just didn't even mention him. But another big take to end this, uh, another Patriots take, actually. Let's go. Um, 
I think Nikhil Harry might eclipse 800 yards. Oh, and easy. I, that's big in a Patriots offense. True. And I, I think he will. He, he'll, he'll be the number one. Uh, they'll utilize Edelman like they always have. Um, so, you know, when they start running RPO with Cam and they send Nikhil Harry on a, on a quick slant, you know, and hit him off off the play fake. He's gonna just rack yards up, man. It's it's gonna be a very fun offense to watch, and I really do think that Nikhil Harry could almost be up there for receiver of the year. Let's. I think you guys retweeted it, and, and I counted on it, but it was the the video of uh, Cam and Nikhil practicing, and just like uh, the, the between the, like the chemistry and the sound of that fucking ball hitting the gloves, oh. I it it. it I was rocking a semi right there. It was it was so good. It's going to be a great season. If and when it happens, it's going to be a great season. Oh, I agree, dude. It's going to be fucking... Dude, oh. I love that tandem. That's going to be... Oh, dude. Nikhil Harry getting... Oh, you know he's going to be good. It's, it's going to be so good for Patriots fans because we're going from a quarterback who's so traditional quarterback mm-hmm. to, you know, one of the... Uh, the new flashy, exciting Pat Mahomes-type mobile quarter. I mean, I think Kim Newton was the beginning of what is now the ideal quarterback to yeah, Pat Mahomes. For sure. But again, he's just a little bit older, a little bit more beat up, but we get to experience like all the fun of, you know, watching your quarterback uh run for the first down, like run seven yards for a first down on a more regular basis than once every seventeen games or something like that. <laughs> exactly. I, I remember mm-hmm. when uh, No offense Tom Brady still the goat, you know Oh you for know, sure. But I remember never gonna they- be a Bucks fan. People, people used to say that Andrew Luck would be the successor for Brady. Like, I think, nah. I think, well, like, you know, like back in like, you know, oh yeah, yeah, when Luck was like first like coming out, oh well, by the time Brady's contract runs out, Luck's will too, and then maybe the stars will align and Luck will be the one that, that you know, signs to the Patriots someday. But to think that one day we'd have Cam Newton, like that would never, never, in my, never, never, it makes no sense. Never. And it happened. Like, we live Remember in a simulation. back to the Super Bowl with Cam Newton in it. If someone came up and was like, "That guy's gonna be a Patriot one day," I would have laughed in your face. Never, I was never. There's no, no shot. Well, to wrap this up, I just want to say that uh, we'll have you back again, Jake, Ruthier, and Morocco. Uh, I want to have Gilly on, obviously, for another Edelman debate. I think Edelman scorched Earth pot. Yeah, because yeah, I know when... Edelman scorched Earth. Oh yeah, dude, it's Jake gonna be like a Dragon Ball fight together. Dude, Goku and Krillin just coming together, like fucking flipping out. Like I'm, I'm ready. I'll do all my research, all my research. I'm gonna pull specific stats from specific games. This guy, this guy's toasted. Dude, be I'm ready. Sorry, Gilly's ready. Dude. Passes, how many touchdown passes does Wes Walker throw in his career? Yeah, probably zero. <laughs> oh my god, dude. You, yo, the thing is, probably none. The thing is, Jake Ruthier, you better be prepared because Gilly has an encyclopedic knowledge of things which I don't understand. And he will argue to the death. And I'm sure he's listening to this right now, but that is that is the Gilly way. So just be ready, and we're going to have this Yo, argument. I don't care. One last take to that. Yeah. I, I, had, I was in AP uh, English with Mike Gilligan way back in high school, mm-hmm. and we had this debate over crime and punishment that was set up like a real-ass debate lawyer, the whole deal. And it was it was judged by the, the younger class, and Gilly went in. I, I just remember him absolutely... Scorched everything. Every single person that got up on the stand, tooth and nail, would just it got into a screaming like point. And yeah, so I'll, I'm I'm more than ready for Gilly's wrath. I'm got, ready to take him down. Let's go. I got five, I got five words for you. I was in mock trial. Oh, 
Oh, let's go, dude. Oh, dude. And I was good. <laughs> all right, all right. Oh, we got to shout out Couch Guy Sports. Oh, yeah, shout out Couch Guy Sports. Uh, yeah, just shout him out. There you go. Yeah, that's all you get. We don't, we don't have an ad read yet, so uh, yeah, that's no. all you get. We'll get there. I think that's coming. I think that's the next big thing coming. I think we're going to land something. I really do. Waiting patiently here. I'm waiting to see my check. I'm, I'm checking my uh, my deposit slips every day. I haven't got a dime yet, but uh, shout out Couch yeah. Guy Sports. Um, <laughs> So, uh, shout out to all the big takes for having me on. You guys are awesome. Dude, shout out to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being so loyal, man. Appreciate oh, it. Oh, no, you guys, I, I, you're number one pot. I look forward to listening to it every week. It's like a little little bit of home and a little bit of uh, uh, sports knowledge drops on my ass every uh, every week. So it's great. It truly blows my mind that you take the time out of your fucking day to listen to us. <laughs> like, like, I, I, honestly, Jake... Like, if it wasn't for you, you guys. I know what it is, dude. If it wasn't for you, dude, we, you like this likely wouldn't be happening. Like any of this shit. Like we might have like quit like a year ago, but but you know what? Oh, now no. we're doing well. Now things now things are looking up. It's all it's all been good now. Been through some yeah, drama. Twenty twenty, small state big takes biggest year to date, dude. So. Hell yeah, it's dude. If things are looking right. up. The world's going to hell, but small state big takes on the rise, baby. Only thing coming, coming up, baby. Let's go. <laughs> all right, with that, I'm sh- I'm ending it. So yeah. So. Peace, homies. Oh, I'm a trap lord. I'm a trap lord. Shout out, Ollie. Shout out, Big Gilly. Shout out, number one, truest host, Steve Scott. Let's go! That's the way it should end. Hey. Hey. It's me again, motherfucker. Hey. Hope you enjoy the episode. Yo. Yo. Shout out, Jake Ruthier. Yeah, shout out, Jake Ruthia, yeah, Jake, Jake, Jake Ruthia, what, Jake, Jake Ruthia, motherfucker, Jake Ruthia, yo, shout out, Jake Baracco, shout out, Josh, I ain't fucking around no more, son. Woo! Woo! First podcast to ever blow out your fucking speakers! Turn off the bass! Turn off the treble! Shout out Megan Trainer. We don't give a shit! Woo! Shout out Tiger! I don't know why! But his songs always have a lot of bass. Hey, shout out Ollie, shout out Gilly, shout out Verbally Committed, it's a pretty good podcast. Shout out Pat White!